What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, we're giving you another glimpse into the 2023 Hyperfast Agent Summit that was held in Arlington, Virginia in October in front of over 100 real estate agents. And in today's episode, we are going to teach you how to unlock the gold that is hidden in your database, right? We all have a database that has more deals in it, more dollars in it than we're currently getting. And we brought a database expert who's consulted and helped several large multi hundred million dollar real estate teams take their business to the next level. Welcome to the show, Freddie Sahar. Hi, everyone. My name is Freddie. I'm really excited to be here. Um, as Dan mentioned, I focus on sales with agents, and I focus on database lead management, ISA teams, trying to help us get more out of our database without just telling you all to buy more leads, right? Or sign up for Zillow Flex or every other referral platform that we, um, we all have access to. So um, I want to start out with, I know we've heard this a thousand times from everyone at every conference. The market has been so easy for a few years. We all had record years in 2019, 2020. A lot of us got into the business at that time, and um, it was really this availability-based market, right? We were able to sell houses and transact with clients by just having free time on our schedule for a lot of us. We were able to beat out competition by working more days. You were able to show 20 houses on a Sunday. You may be able to have more escrows on a Monday morning than someone who didn't. And that slowly started to shift, and we all saw that in conferences and speakers over the last couple of years have been talking about this shift, right? Lower inventory, interest rates have gone up, blah, 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 blah. Everything that we've heard over and over and over. And I'm not gonna get up here today and bark at you all and tell you how we've been um, not transitioning with the market the right way. Instead, we're just gonna focus on five things that you guys can all do, five huge opportunities in your database that you can leave here today. You can actually probably go capitalize on at the lunch break after this to find more deals, find more transactions from data you already have. So let's go ahead and hop right in, but just quickly, um, a little bit about me. I'm very young. I get that right away when I get up on stage or when I speak anywhere. But I've been in the industry for about 12 years now. I got into this by choice when I was 18 during college. Through that, I've done everything from a hard money lender to being um, a top producing agent for a top team in the country, being a listing agent for them. Um, I actually think I still have 100% sign rate on my, uh, my listing appointments. And so I just bring this up to share that I'm not some tech person, I'm not some coach from another industry or some sales trainer. I am and actively still in the trenches, still produce as an agent and have now started to work with teams across the country. And through working with teams across the country, I focus on their sales and conversion, but really starting and focusing from a place of database management and lead management. Because over these last couple of years, we haven't treated our CRMs very nicely. We haven't treated our databases very nicely, and they're gold mines. It's actually um, the system, or even I, I like to think of them as a little bit of a person, because they, they have such a crucial role in our business, that we should be treating the nicest. And so we're gonna go ahead and find some ways today that maybe we haven't been treating it nicely, and how we can go ahead and capitalize on that. And so what we're going to focus on are five these five opportunities. So the first one, let's go ahead and hop right in, is our average contact attempts. Does anyone in here know how many times on average your agents call every lead or every lead source or text or email? Anyone want to raise their hand? Okay, this isn't the first room I've been in where no one has raised their hands. 
No, just what the average is in your database right now. Like two. Okay. Some good, vulnerable, honest answers here. When I actually, two, two is actually the number I see when I hop into a lot of our clients' databases. Two, average contact attempts. Contacts are calls, email, and text messages. So all of our databases, all of our CRMs have some tool that we can use to go ahead and hop in and just run reports, right? Or we link it into a third-party reporting system. This is a stat that we need to know. We need to find out what our average contact attempts are, and we need to dive a little bit deeper. We need to make sure that they're spread out evenly, calls, texts, and emails. I'm finding, um, again, I work in probably about 1,500, 1,600 different CRMs now across the country, so I'm pulling data from everywhere from solo agents to teams with 1,000 agents doing 10,000 transactions, and I'm finding that 25 average contact attempts right now is directly correlated to selling more homes, which is crazy. We reach out to our clients and we communicate with them, they work with us. But it goes a little bit deeper. You can't have 23 text messages and one call and one email for your 25 contact attempts. We need to see a good spread here. I'm still um, someone coming from hard money in a boiler room. I'm still a, a very smile and dial type of guy. But not everything is about converting. Being on the phone does allow us to convert at the highest percentage, right? We can show our, our personalities, we can build rapport, there's more emotion, but text messages and emails are set ups or opportunities for us to have a chance to convert on the phone. And so we need to be making sure we're reaching out to our clients on all of these mediums regularly and consistently and having tools to be able to see if our agents are actually doing that. So just a quick story, one of my clients um, who I think is like, really the flagship for this 25 contact attempts. They have 15 agents. Some of them are as new as this year, got their license this year. Every agent on this team will do 20 sides this year. Their average contact attempts is 25 at any given day. Anytime I run any report over a year, every lead source, every agent, 25 or more average contact attempts. I'll tell you, because I listen to their calls, no one on that team has some insane skill set that anyone in here doesn't possess or that's unachievable or they've gone to every sales training event in the world and they have every certification. They're just calling and what I'm finding is why they're winning is they're calling when their, comp their competition is not. They're texting and emailing when their competition is not. They're not using fancy scripts. They're not using fancy converting text messages or emails that are um, you know, something we've never seen or heard of. They're just consistently doing the work and reaching out to their clients. So I want to leave you with finding a way in your database to identify how often you're communicating with your clients via text, email, and phone call, and then hold your agents to it. And this really brings me into our, our second opportunity here is having some sort of lead standard of procedure. Raise your hand if you have a written document that tells your agents how to follow up with leads. Okay, that's less hands than I was expecting. You guys all should go to lunch and write a document of how your agents should follow up with leads. And I mean simple things, like I have it written down on mine. A new lead comes in from any lead source. We call them three times, send two text messages, and one email in the first 24 hours. It's posted on every wall in my sales floor, or my client's sales floors, excuse me, and every agent on my team knows. If we don't have a document like this, we need to write a document that helps our agents understand how to follow up with leads. A lot of our agents are new in the business or new to a team, and we're growing a team or leading a team because we know what it takes to follow up with a client to convert them, excuse me, follow up with a lead to convert them into a client. We need to make sure we're transcending this down to our agents. So a couple things to focus on here is 
You don't need to reinvent the wheel. There's so many resources out here for what good follow-up standards are. I hope most of us in here have a CRM. Almost every CRM company has a nice little Facebook group where everyone masterminds and shares what's working. I bet you someone has a free lead SOP, standards of procedure, follow-up procedure for your CRM that you can easily import. Something that'll help your agents understand how to focus on these leads and hit the average 25 contact attempts. If we're not giving them the ability to know how to follow up with leads, we're sending them up to fail to make these average 25 contact attempts. The second part on this is if this is manual, if the way that your agents need to remember to follow up with leads is manual, they talked to Mark Smith today and they needed to manually set a task in a week to call him and then set another task in a week to call him and set another task in a week to call him. That's not what agents got into this business for. Agents got into this business to make relationships and work with people. So let's automate what we can, create follow-up structure that doesn't require them to have a manual task every time to stay in front of a lead. Most CRMs, again, have the ability to set up automated tasks. You put someone into a weekly stage, a task shows up in their CRM every seven days for them to call. I know a lot of us probably use things like Follow Boss or Sierra or Boomtown, KV Core. Those all have lists. You put someone into a weekly stage, it's put right in front of your face every week for your agents to follow up with. Why I want to, why I want to tie this together with the lead SOP is I find often that maybe if we do have this written document of how we're supposed to follow up with our leads, it's not represented in our database. Or our, us as team leaders, and I've done this myself before really becoming um, a CRM mechanic, if you will, we try and recreate our SOP, our follow-up procedures in our CRM, but we're not CRM experts, and it doesn't actually get accurately represented. I find this so often when I hop into a database. They're like, oh, no, no, this is my hand-raising list. And we'll look at the list for a couple of minutes. I'm like, oh, well, I found 100 more leads. It wasn't built correctly. So find someone in these Facebook groups, find a CRM expert or find someone within your business that can create this SOP for you and have it accurately reflected in your CRM. So again, there's no guesswork for agents. They're just now focusing on conversations and relationships. So this ties right into um, my, third and my third opportunity here, which is database and lead management. So we talked a little bit about database management, so we're not gonna go too deep on that, but it's really recreating these SOPs that you build out for follow-up in your CRM. But lead management takes it a little bit further. So for those of us who have built out these SOPs and have these standards for our agents and how they follow up with leads, what happens if your agents don't follow up with the leads correctly? Does anyone in your organization know? Does anyone get an email? Is there a list? How do we know if someone's out of compliance? But that's not even the whole problem. Maybe we do. We, we have some transparency. We find out when someone's not following up with the leads correctly. But what, do we, what actions do we take? Who takes the action? Who's consistently monitoring the database, finding when leads aren't being treated properly, taking action to nudge the agents to follow up or redistribute leads to someone who can follow up? If you don't have answers to these questions, these are really, really good questions to find the answers to. Unfortunately, I find it's often the CEO or the team leader who's waking up at three in the morning with anxiety of what happened to that realtor.com lead they spent $350 on that's still in stage lead after seven days with no notes and a bunch of logged phone calls, right? We need someone or you need someone monitor, monitoring your database around the clock and holding your agents to the standards that you set forth for them on follow-up and when they're not, taking action. You should be able to quickly hop into your database and know what leads are out of compliance 
and be able to very quickly take action to get those leads over to the right people to follow up with them. If we're not doing this, we're doing a disservice not just to our agents, but to ourselves and our marketing spend. If we're buying, if we're buying leads and we're advertising, we're generating leads, even if it's open house leads, even if it's using a system to call expireds, we're spending money to get people into our database. And if we're giving them to agents and they're dropping the ball, but we just keep that ball dropped in some far corner of the database, I mean, we might as well just set our money on fire. And so we need to have our databases become this, this carousel, if you will. Leads are constantly entering it. We're getting them to agents or our ISA department. They're following up with them until they're not. And the second they're not, they're back on the carousel, moving through the database again, constantly. I hope for you all that it's not the CEO or the team leader's job for any more than the rest of this year. We can find structure to implement within your database to highlight when people are not following up with leads correctly and plug someone into your team to manage that for you. Oftentimes that can be a virtual assistant as well. You guys aren't leveraging VAs. So um, this ties right into agent pipelines, right? So we are building standards of procedures for our agents to be able to follow up. We are creating structure within the database for them to, to be able to follow up. And now we have someone holding them accountable. But what is too many leads for agents? How many calls should they be making? How many texts should they be making? How many emails should they be sending? How many active clients should they have? How many long-term nurtures should they have? Working with, again, 1,500 plus CRMs now and teams across the country of varying size, I've found that 100 leads seems to be the true and shining number for the max amount of leads that an agent can go ahead and manage in their database. This does not include SOI, personal referrals, anything that the agents may get their, um, their personal split on. This is company business, leads that you've paid for that you're entrusting someone else to convert for you. I come to this 100 number from um, a colleague of mine, Brian Danny. He is uh, an agent on our team and, and a real estate coach now. I think he did 117 sides in, in one calendar year with his own ISA and his own executive assistant. And Brian swears he cannot manage more than 100 leads at any given point. I've took that from him and I've now tried to research in my clients' databases. I find agents who say they can manage more than 100 leads, but the funny thing is none of them sell over 100 houses a year. So there might be something to that. I know this ruffles a lot of feathers, especially with agents when I talk about stripping databases down to 100 leads. We actually just went through this exercise with Carrie's team, so I see a lot of KST agents in here looking at me for taking some of their leads. But I wanna share a story of an agent um, that I actually worked with as an agent who is now on a client's team of mine, and um, his name's Ivan. Ivan's a great guy, he's been in the business for maybe three or four years. Um, English is his second language, and I'm in a market where English is predominantly the language of people who are transacting. And so Ivan has had some trouble on the phone and that really led to him taking a lot of new leads, calling them once or twice, and if nothing happened, he just dropped the ball on them. So we were doing pipeline audits and I found out that Ivan had 600 leads in his name, was taking about 50 new leads a month, but was only making like 50 to 60 calls a month. And that math just doesn't math, right? How can you have 600 leads, take 50 a month, and be on top of all of them if you're only making 50 calls a month. You just can't, right? And so I met with Ivan, stripped the database down to 100 leads. We then met once a week for 30 days to just retrain him on how to use the follow boss, reacquaint him with the standards, the structure, and the management system that was gonna keep him accountable. After those 30 days, I let him loose. He was off of new leads, he was not allowed to get ISA appointments, and he was taken out of the public areas of the database to be able to follow up with leads. 
Ivan pended five deals in the next 45 days. Again, Ivan does not have an insane skill set. I did cut off his ability to get new food, to keep feeding himself, but he was still hungry, and he still needed to, in his, his position, pay bills, provide for his family. He just had a new baby, right? He worked those 100 leads, pulled five transactions in 45 days. Instantly, he's back on new leads, he's back on ISA appointments, and he has access to the public bonds. But he's not allowed to get that database back over 100. So what happens with getting your agents down to 100 is you do a couple things. They now become very protective over their database. It's only for people who are here and now, very, very likely to transact. They can let go of the long-term leads. This is good for them, but it's also great for you and your organization because now these leads that they're not committing or owning the follow-up to are out in the public. So we can have a collaborative effort to follow up with these leads, which means it's not just on one agent to hit our 25 contact attempts. As a team, we get to work these leads in the pond and try and hit that contact attempt average together. How do we get these agents down to 100 leads? How do we maintain and make sure that they're always down to 100 leads? Database and lead management. If we create structure within our CRM, it's super easy. I can log into any of my client's CRMs right now within 10 seconds, know every agent on the team that has over 100 leads. It's not some crazy tech system. It's not some crazy Excel spreadsheet. It's just some very simple structure created in and that's available in all of these CRMs that we use in the industry, right? So how am I going about this and um, what am I focusing on with my agents when we're doing this pipeline meeting? So first off, if you have agents with thousands of leads in their name, the easiest way to shed, uh, to shed that down is who haven't you called in the last 90 days? They're probably not your client or you're probably not their real estate agent even though you might think you are. Instantly shed that right there. Once you get down to 100, you don't just only do this once a year and never meet with them again. We have regular monthly pipeline meetings. If my agents are under 100, all we're focusing on is their 20 hottest leads and how they can get them to the finish line. I'm finding in a lot of these databases where agents are struggling the most right now is after the first long format call or after the first appointment. They get stuck in the just checking in loop, right? They have a really nice buyer consultation and they call their lead once a week and they're like, hey Mark, just checking in to see if you saw any houses on Zillow and are doing my job for me and need me to open some doors for you this weekend. But as team leaders, that's where you can provide immense value. You are a team leader because you were a high producer. You know how to get people across the finish line. Your agents may not know or have all of the tactical tips and tricks that you've used in the past to get your leads to become clients and across the finish line. So these pipeline meetings focus on activities they can take to get across the finish line. I'm also still regularly auditing my agents who get over 100 leads. You get over 100 leads, instantly off leads, instantly out of the public areas of the database, and no more ISA appointments, and a meeting with me on my calendar to get you back under 100. Having this constant, regular database and pipeline auditing has helped my agents produce more across all of my teams, solo agents to large teams, and has made the pawns or these public areas of the database more convertible and more profitable for me as a team leader and my agents as team leaders. And again, this is sub 100, sub 100 excluding SOI. They can keep all of their own personal deals. All right, the fifth and final nugget, and this one may cause some nightmares here, is how many of you are listening to your agent's calls? Raise your hands. Okay, I, I counted four hands. That's not that many hands. So I would recommend all of us as team leaders, start privately, don't do it in front of everybody. 
but listen to some calls. You may be surprised what your agents are saying to your leads. Actually may start to make more sense why things aren't converting at the level you're converting at. Listen to calls, give feedback to agents. Start doing this privately, one-on-one, -on -one, and then a little bit in a group setting in front of other agents. The goal is not to ever shame someone for having a bad call. It's to show everyone on the team that we all struggle with phone calls sometimes. Even those of us who have 100,000 calls under our belt, 500 transactions on, with internet leads. Being on the phone sometimes makes people nervous and showing that in a group setting allows everybody to be vulnerable, but everybody to also realize that we're somewhat the same and we can work together to hone and sharpen this skill. But also when you're listening to these calls, try and identify and understand the questions your agents are asking. I have found the number one way to help agents increase sales is to change the questions that we're asking. Most of the phone calls I hear across the country follow LP Mama. Have we all, have we all heard this? If you haven't heard LP Mama, it's location, price, area, motivation, mortgage, appointment. Tom Ferry, Brian Buffini, every coach has been screaming this at us for years. Those are very agenda-driven questions. By the time your client gets on the phone with you, they've already exhausted where they want to buy, what price they want to buy in, what their motivation is. They just became an internet lead, so they may have an agent, may not have an agent, but they don't really care about these questions. These questions are for you, right? It's like an interrogation. You have a form in your, in your CRM, in your database. You want to set up a home search for them, so you have to ask all of these questions. And I'm not here to say that that information isn't important, but if all we're doing with our clients is asking them every time where they want to live, how much they want to spend, when they want to buy, if they have another agent, and if they've talked to our preferred lender, we're sounding like every other real estate agent, and that's what gets us stuck in this just checking in loop. Because again, we are just like every other agent if we're doing this. And so where team leaders can plug in and start to provide immense value for their agents, is listening to these calls, because again, we're team leaders because we've produced. Listening to these calls, sitting down with our agents in one-on-one -on -one or group settings, and helping them restructure, re-architect these conversations. I'm finding that this has been a huge gap in our database, and when we're starting at the core of helping our agents increase their communication skills and feel more confident on the phone, you will see average contact attempts go up, you will see average calls versus text message and emails go up, you will see less people falling short of the standards that you set for them to follow up with leads. You'll see more people using the structure. Your lead manager won't be as busy because agents will be more comfortable making their phone calls. And also when they're making more phone calls, they'll start to realize they can't manage more than 100 leads and take new leads. So I wanted to finish and end with this is listening to our calls and improving our agents' communication skills and their confidence on the phone at the foundational level will increase all of these other four opportunities success that we've talked about today. So just a quick recap is make sure that you are checking in with your database. You're understanding how often leads are being communicated with and set standards for how your agents are communicating with leads and make it easy for them. Try and automate what you can. Try and segment the database as you can. Highlight to them who they should call. Find a database and lead manager. It may be someone on your team. Maybe you have a large enough team where you can implement mentors and they can start learning these skills and passing it down to agents. Maybe you need to outsource it. But someone in your system, someone on your team needs to understand your CRMs inside and out because this is where all of our gold is living. Once you do that, 
They can create structure to manage the agents and follow up with the leads per those standards, audit the pipelines to make sure that they're continuously meeting those standards, and listen to calls together. These things sound so rudimentary, but as we've left this availability-based market and we've shifted into this skills and consistent work ethic market, these are the five areas that if your agents can stay consistent and stay dedicated, you will see them sell more homes, as I've seen across, you know, gosh, what is it now, maybe seven or eight million leads across 1,500 CRMs. Calling our leads works. Helping our agents call our leads also works. Making it easy for them, because they're not tech gurus, they did not get into real estate to be tech gurus, makes it easier and increases our conversion rate. I hope this was helpful. I hope you guys can all leave here and dive into your CRMs at this lunch break and try and find out some, questions, some answers to these questions that I've hopefully posed in your minds here. Thank you all. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Hyperfast Agent Show and getting a live look into one of our events. We put these events on multiple times a year. We also do weekly coaching calls uh, through our Hyperfast Agent program as well as for the agents who join us at EXP Realty. Now, if you're thinking about making a move to a brokerage that will allow you to keep more of your commission, become an owner in the company, and build residual income, Carrie and I would love to be your business partners. We will coach you. We will guide you. We will help you scale your real estate team. We'll help you build your revenue share organization uh, because we are truly partners with you when you join us at eXp Realty. And that's why we've become one of the fastest growing groups ever in the history of eXp. If you wanna learn more about partnering with us, you can just pick up your phone, your cell phone, send me a text message, 703-638-4393. Yes, it is me that will answer and I'll respond and send you some information. And you know we can schedule a call on Zoom. All you have to do, if you're thinking about partnering with me at eXp Realty or you know, you just want to compare it to the situation you have now so that you can make a fully informed decision. But you just have to pick up your phone, text me at 703-638-4393. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. If you did, please like it, give us some comments, leave us a review on iTunes, and share it with other real estate agents. We'll see you next time.